Support for NPR and the following message come from PBS, presenting The Facebook Dilemma, a frontline investigation into Facebook's impact on privacy and democracy that asks whether it's uniting or dividing us. Tune in or stream starting Monday at 9 Eastern on PBS. I'm Bob Boylan with All Songs Considered. There's new quirky music from Stephen Malkmus and the Jicks. Today on All Songs Considered, a conversation with the dry-witted songwriter and guitarist. Stephen Malkmus made five albums with the band Pavement from about 1992 to 1999. With the Jicks, he's now made his seventh album in 17 years. It came out last week, and it's called Sparkle Hard. I asked Stephen Malkmus to play DJ, and so he sent a list of songs that have meant something to him growing up, and even some contemporary ones. I was surprised by the list, and we begin with one of those surprises. This is from the Steve Miller Band. It's called Abracadabra. You ready? Yeah. What memories does this bring back? And let me play just a little bit. You hold that thought. I'm going to play a little song so people who haven't heard it can tell and know and think of what this means to them. You want to sing it together? <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> yeah, man. You got to get to the end of the song eventually. That's where the, a lot of the real magic happens. Okay. Speaking of magic, right? Uh, I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna pull it to <laughs> you, yeah. yeah, right? I'm gonna. Here's the last minute of the song. Is that the, the time you're looking at? All right. That the yeah. solo. Yeah. That's awesome too. All right. It's about a minute before that. Okay. That. It's coming in a second. All right, here comes Abracadabra. Steve Miller Band, for those who don't know. (laughs) Dun 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 dun. So how old were you when you first heard Abracadabra? This is, uh, I'm going to say, 82, maybe? Uh, let's see. Yeah, 15. Okay. It just right here. Okay, so I was a Steve Miller fan. Like, uh, I was a little young for, you know, he was a pop star, believe it or not. His songs were chart busters, and all the kids in junior high school and... The older ones, like imagine you're getting up at six in the morning to go on like a ski bus trip, you know, with the older kids and they're all in the back. The girls with their goody combs and parted down the middle, flip back hair and and possibly tight jeans with people were still skiing in jeans back then. And they were all like listening to Steve Miller in the back. And I was too young to be allowed back there. So that's more like the era of the Joker and keep on rocking me, baby. Yeah. He seems to be a, a kind of a studio rat. You know, when you listen to those songs, and this one included, they're 
kind of perfect in the, um, almost in, you know, a Steely Dan type way in that they're, they seem to be considered a lot. And, and I know that he also spent a lot of time working on these songs, you know, they would, I read this thing in People Magazine, <laughs> about his, you know, in the making of his songs, Digging that's where I get it. all my good information. Yeah. Yeah, um, and he's, you know, he's like, ah, this one stuck around for a few years, and then I, I came back to it, and I tinkered with it, and also, if you listen to, like, there's a Fly Like an Eagle uh, reissue that has, like, totally different versions of a lot of the songs, and I like to know that my artists are thinking a lot about what can make it the best it can be, you know, when you, you th sounds maybe to some that it's just easygoing blues rock, you know what I mean, but actually... This is really perfectly considered, you know, like, uh, and he's also in the Carl's High, Carl, People Magazine told me that Fly Like an Eagle, um, the keyboard intro was influenced by Carl Heinz, Carl Heinz Stockhausen, which is, he's usually more associated with John Cale or a band like Can, not Steve Miller. I'm going to play this for you because I was surprised by lots of things on your list, but this especially. And if people don't know what this is, uh, they will as soon as it kicks in with the keyboard, but it's like that. Uh, December 63, Oh What A Night, Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Let's hear a little bit and then... Uh, oh, what a night. Yeah. Late December back in 63, what a very special time for me, as I remember what a night. So, how... He didn't even know her name. <laughs> he didn't even know her name. It's just, uh, so he's losing, so, you know, Frankie, there's also an, another, a hint later that he's, like, really old when it happens, too. You know, there's this line that makes, implies, you could imply that he was, like, 30 years old when this event happened, um, <laughs> his first time. Um, so this is uh, just, you know, I wouldn't, when I first heard this song, this is just like a pop hit when I was like nine years old. And it's kind of early disco. Mm -hmm. It's it's a disco rock mix. Um, you, you got, you know, a full production. Um, and even though the subject matter is, well, adolescent plus, which I wasn't, that tickling my funny under, I mean, that appealed to a child, you know, as far as I was concerned. That was, I hope that it, it didn't uh, lead to tickling fetishes in the in the mid-70s, but. <laughs> where did, um, so where did so you anyway, hear this? I where, just, you know. Where, where were you? Where did you grow up? On Who the played? radio. This not, was, just, and, and where were you? At Los Angeles. You uh -huh. know, I just heard it on the radio all the time, and I just thought this is a super catchy song. And I was into disco at the time. The songs just like Boogie Fever and eventually, you know, Saturday Night, a lot of fevers were being passed around. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, I like how, you know, fever, we think of a fever now just as 
an illness, but you know, back then it was just, you know, you were just in a trance of just, you just were like mesmerized, you know, it was more that kind of fever. You couldn't think about anything else. Um, but anyways, this tune is just a fun pop song. I just loved it when I was a kid. I didn't really think about the lyrics and what it was actually about, which was the um, protagonist losing his virginity as I see it on this wonderful night in 1963. The song apparently was written about prohibition in 1933, and uh, someone convinced, uh, the writer was, I think, Bob Gaudio, I think is how you say his name, uh, convinced him to make it more of a love song and a song about new love and falling in love. So Yeah, it was just yeah. about a party or something, just uh, like a good night out. And the end of prohibition uh, in uh, December of 1933. So that that's what... Uh, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> but that maybe not would yeah. maybe wouldn't have gone over so well. Do you think much about about <laughs> yeah. about not words? Because I mean, I mean, you think about words obviously because it's one of the strengths of your songwriting. I want to play something of yours, but like when you were little and stuff, is that something that you listen for in song? Because there are people who are one or the other kind of like the first thing they dig into might be the words and. I, I tend to be one of those people. It wouldn't be in a song in a song like that, or yeah, I wouldn't have been. No. Wor- I mean, it's just a catchy tune. Yeah. I was just a fan of whatever was coming out, and it just you know, it's nostalgic to me to think about radio and having your tastes kind of dictated to you in a in a stronger in a you know where there's sort of a limited that radio is where you got everything, or, or maybe on American Bandstand. And later, you know, late night TV um, was a big deal. The bands that would play on Saturday Night Live, you know, I'd be psyched. Is there a turning point for you where, like, on the radio or from a friend, is there some song or thing or event that happened to you that pulled you away from the pop and into a a whole other world that, you know, you were eventually became a big It was still pop, but I would say around, for better or worse, a band like Kiss was uh, still a pop band, but that was one where I started to kind of identify with the band outside of um, just what was being dictated to me by the culture. I mean, that it, it was also being dictated to me because it was everywhere. Kiss was everywhere. But, you know, that's where me and my cohorts were like, we like this band, you know, these guys... They got it, you know. Pick me a this song. Is, this is what is happening. So, Well, the first album I bought, unfortunately, in a <laughs> way, was Hotter Than Hell. <laughs> so you could, uh, and it had on the back cover, it has the guys with some foam, some like bubble bath stuff and some women. And it just looked very disgusting you know but i i was still into it so you could play hotter than hell i'm gonna do this yeah sludge <laughs> come here she looked good she looked hotter than hell all dressed in satins and lace all dressed in satin and lace Around the whole wide world. 
All right. <laughs> I can imagine. The chorus isn't the best. <laughs> I can imagine, though, that this song and maybe more of that first minute sold an awful lot of guitars to, uh, to a lot of kids. Yeah, man. It's like, it's just sludgy and, ow. You know, he's, I don't know. You know, I don't know what I was thinking, I guess, but I needed the belt buckle. Tell you that much. You needed the belt <laughs> buckle, you said? Yeah, man. Where is that now? Do you have one of those? I didn't. I actually did. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, not. Wasn't a Kiss fan. Sure sold a lot of records. I've worked in record stores back when that record came out. Wow. That belt buckle is iconic. You know, the Kiss belt buckle. When you're thinking about merch, I mean, there's these talismatic merch concepts, and that belt buckle, I think it's up there in the all-time genius ideas. Plenty of long-haired boneheads like me needed them. <laughs> what got you picking up the guitar, by the way? Hardcore, Kiss, Boredom, some Creedence Clearwater, uh, Hendrix, <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. Learning that first chord in uh, Purple Haze, the, 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 that seventh chord that he does someone showed me that and then i said this this isn't that hard i'm gonna play it for because there's people here who might not even know this song right whoops like that (laughs) stop (laughs) stop (laughs) they won't go away The chord I'm talking about, that first stuff was a little too hard, but it's coming up after the lead. Okay. One, two, three, four. That. Right. What fret is that down on? That's on the E octave, but it's kind of like, sort of like playing an open G down on the... E octave slightly with a seventh twist for all you guitarists out there. <laughs> Major seventh, I think. It's cool. Where'd you get your first guitar? A lot of people learned that song yeah. first. First acoustic guitar I, was, I just was given by my grandma, you know, like for a present. Um, first electric didn't come for a while, you know. I don't, it was a Hondo. I don't know if you're familiar with that, not, that brand. Not. I don't know if it exists still. The, it was a Hondo too. It was popular enough that they made a second, second version of it. Probably at a pawn shop. This is your own money, your own desire. You're held. Yeah, like fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, I was looking in that pawn. You know, you walking like drugstore cowboy or something, looking, looking in the pawn shop window and seeing it there. And Skid Row, Stockton, California. You still in high school? I would say tw- tw- 13, wow. 12, yeah. We're doing this little feature on All Songs Considered, and we're asking people what song got them through school. Was there, you know how you latch onto it as best friend or something you come to? Yeah. You, yeah. Do you have one? Well, junior high school, definitely Fox on the Run. Uh-huh. Got to play that. <laughs> that was a big song for me. I would Evidently, I would walk around, because I looked at my yearbook from uh, 
junior high school recently. I was down in the basement just cleaning up. Actually, it's what I do all the time. I just go look at all my old stuff and think how fascinating it was. No, I found, I was looking at it and you know how people write on the, they write like, uh, see you next year, you know, great year. Some girl wrote like, dear Steve, like I love your, how you sing Fox on the Run all the time, you know, like <laughs> total babe, like have fun with Mia or something like I, And I had no girlfriends, no game. I don't understand why these, um, so flirty. I'm going to play this. <laughs> This is sweet, the sweet for those who don't know the British band. Yeah, it really is. though if you if you you just everybody go look up the suite and look at their outfits i mean they did ballroom blitz and love yeah love is like oxygen ballroom blitz is a total like basher my punk band used to cover that you did (laughs) at least in in rehearsal (laughs) we tried to Uh, the older band in our town played it live the authorities they were called and they were um This kind of reminds me of like Rocky Horror Picture or something. Is it in? Is, is it in Rocky Horror Picture? Oh, I don't know. <clears throat> Let's hear a little ballroom blitz. It just makes me three. think of that era. That's some glam beat there. It's, it's T-Rex. I mean. <laughs> hey. Bringing that back to me. <laughs> yeah, so imagine a young band playing like at the speed of the damned, like neat, neat, neat or something, but doing that. It could be pretty exciting. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Stephen Malcolmus, and you're listening to All Songs Considered from NPR Music. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Indeed. When it comes to hiring, you don't have time to waste. You need help getting your short list of candidates fast. With Indeed, post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates. 
And when you need to hire fast, accelerate your results with sponsored jobs. New users can try for free when you sign up at Indeed.com slash NPR podcast. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. I'm Bob Boylan. I'm here with Stephen Malkmus. He's playing DJ. We're talking about his new album, Sparkle Hard. Uh, I'm going to now play something of yours, and we're going to take a complete left turn. And you have a pref to something from the new record, or if I just pick something nah it's gonna it's all gonna sound like tame and small compared to this stuff (laughs) (laughs) like this I listen to your music and I listen to everything we've said for the last half hour and none of it makes sense. It just there's such a disconnect between what what you are were passionate about and what you've just played for me and then what this is. Can you can you help me? Usually I, I do these things. I ask people to bring music to the table cuz there's this synthesis that happens whether it's known or unknown that music that you loved in your youth there's some thread that runs through your life and you just like you're somewhere else you're like two different people <laughs> and i just don't understand help me steven know, man <laughs> well that's well that tune i mean that has a different that's more like a fleetwood mac uh well who am i with your crystal visions you know that yeah. that's what that song sounds more like to me which i also have that in there and I don't know. We just, uh, the songs that I am blown away by, you know, like when, if you play Queen, like Sheer Heart Attack, I mean, it's in this, we can not play that now because we've been in that same realm. But I mean, that's sort of just like something where you're just like blown, you know, like I would like to have that ability to do that song. But once it's been done so well, this song, this song kind of does. It's not like. I'll pick something. I'm pick this of yours. This is uh, the is this the closing cut on the record? Difficulties yeah. at the meat valves. Let me play this. Yeah. I'm gonna take out your mic.
There's a nice explosive moment in there uh, that, I, that I love. I try to sing like Karen Carpenter in that, can you tell? No, I had no, I, I just not, not I even. I sounded all like her. That didn't happen. <laughs> it, Shoot. It, it, it did remind me of, can I just do this real quick? You know this song? Yeah. It reminded me a bit of this. This is uh, Roxy Music, a really good time. Also same era as Sweet. That's where the, yeah. That's, you, that's cool that you hear that you hear that horn yeah. or that strings. Or, or whatever. Was that it Mellotron? That is in or? that song. What? Is that the sample? Yeah, it's in the Mellotron. I have a Mellotron. Uh-huh. And it... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it has like these pre-existing sounds in it that you can use and it says like Roxy music on it and I didn't even know where it came from so I took like wow. that bit and re like I cut it up and chopped it maybe I'm gonna get sued now I don't know but um it uh you're okay uh yeah <laughs> I'll be I a hope. witness you didn't know a thing about it until I played this for going broke yeah. <laughs> okay, let's play a little of the song. It's called A Really Good Time from Country Life. I like the Roxy music. All the things <laughs> yeah. you used to do A trip to the movies A drink or two They don't satisfy you They don't tell you anything new I somehow just didn't imagine that There's our... There's the sound. You can hear it in there. Right, yeah. You, you can hear it in there. He's spark, like, Brian Ferry definitely, you know, our album's called Sparkle Hard. And he does sparkle hard at this time in his life. Maybe he always does, you know. I'm not, like, up on it. Avalon's great, too. They they're, they were a stunning band for me. In, in, in that time of glam rock where you could lean to the suite, which I didn't care for though there is something about it that it's sort of irresistible but it's like candy and then there then the other side of it was the the dark weird romantic roxy music which i more art rock than glam rock that i leaned to and they were all both happening at the same time in england and really exciting for someone in america i'd go and find imports of these groups and stuff like that and it was it was a very uh cool They're, time for music yeah I, I didn't imagine talking to you that we'd be talking about glam rock or 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 maybe even uh this uh this song here i'm a little worried now hearing that how much that sounds like that song <laughs> don't lose sleep <laughs> over it let's play this
<laughs> yes. I'm fully expecting that, when you that, come around for a what tour a chorus. For, for that to be your encore. Could you do that? <laughs> I cannot do that singing, though. I mean, that is just... That chorus when they go up, Yeah. that is just electrifying. And look, it's, it's all guitars, you know? The drums are just, like, buried, just... It's very punk sounding. Is or a, even Motorhead, you uh, know? It's like... It's an insane song. Is there somebody riding a tricycle with a with a horn on it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a dog. It's a dog. Okay. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, kind of, she's playing with her toys. Little mini mutt, like black, cute pug mix thing. Doesn't look like a pug, but supposedly the DNA test said there's pug in there. Humane Society reject all of a sudden superstar <coughs> of this house and the dog's name is magic madge <laughs> abracadabra yeah yeah right <laughs> i just saw a lady on that when i before this interview i walked hurt the dog and i saw this lady and she's like what's cute dog what's his name and i was magic and she's like oh i'm gonna sing magic man at karaoke tonight <laughs> i was like you could also sing elo if you wanted <laughs> she was thinking heart <clears throat> yeah she looked a lot more like annie heart you know how people used to and back in the day people would just say like you were in a band it's like uh, Steve Pavement, you know, like at the bar or something. <laughs> Annie Hart. I'm just calling her Annie Hart. Yeah. Can you pick me something like more contemporary? Because we played all this stuff that's almost 40 years old, and I know that you love music. Uh, yeah. So let's play something today, and then I'm going to play something yours, and we're going to call it a, a night because I've got 10 more minutes before they kick me out of here. Well, there's Earl Sweatshirt or Jay Lynn. Uh, let's go with. Um, the name of the album is called Animals Have Feelings, so it feels appropriate. We'll, we'll play uh, this song called Mirror, uh, featuring <laughs> Earl Sweatshirt from Sam I Am. Is that who the artist is? It's, yeah, it's, it's, the producer is Sam I Am, who is really the kind of key person in this track. Sometimes, don't talk so damn. What do I see? Only the nigga I wanted to be. When I was in rehab, like mama, you see now, fucking with me, wanting with me. From the side of the gate, where they lie, or they hate to despite how they praise in your face, I'ma make do. Split the cake down the middle when I cut it quickly, split it with my brothers, and no bitches will love you. High end level headed, so I'm treading when the tide switch. Self medic, always too restless to let the time tick. Hit the door when it hits seven. Big Tebby, thick headed, the ink in my pen heavy. Default friendly, but shit can get number 10. Messy, we cop handy. You grab a bitch and you warm it up. 21 4, I step myself and my horses up. Devil at the front door, claiming he want war. The hedges is burning up. See where we from, we ain't learn to run. Unless we wasn't packed formation Sharper than a hacksaw Drinking, smoking backwards Team on my back Like that Jan Sport, baby I keep listening to your choices And I keep coming back to like uh, Is this Steve? 
Steve Malkmus on the other end of the line. Like, I can't make a connection <laughs> yeah. between what do you what do you like and want from music? Uh, maybe you know, because we all want different things from music, and I'm trying to put all the puzzle pieces that you've laid out in front of me. Yeah, together. man. Yeah. I just want to get my mind blown. You know, like everybody, I think. Like to me, that sample, whatever Sam I am is doing on there, is like crazy, and like the time signature is totally warped. I hear this rhythm to it and I'm trying to make the rhythm my own and I keep getting tripped up, you know? And I, I like songs like that. I mean, I have some songs like that in my canon where the rhythm is unpredictable. And so, I don't know, you know, there's a lot of rap music now in the trap hole, you know, which it's spooky and I, and I, I like that too, but this kind of hip hop that Kanye West messes with it a bit too. Clever new ways of sam using samples to keep it fresh and I don't know. It just sounds fresh to me. It makes I'm like makes me excited when I hear it. So it makes me excited to go down in the basement and play, you know. I wanna play uh bike lane. And I, I just wanna get a yeah. handle on, on this song because it there's two very different things that are pitted together, often lyrically uh, and sometimes musically, but uh, this song, uh, the beautiful bike lane, and then we talk about the death of Freddie Gray, and uh, I'm trying to come to terms with this. Can I play a little, and then you tell me about it, and we'll go out on mm -hmm. that? Great. Tell me a bit about how this song came together and these two very disparate um, ideas. Well, musically, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, musically it's kind of grunge style with a little bit of thug, boogie type thing in the middle. So that put me to mind of um, kind of an outlaw song. But like lyrically, you know, I was thinking, do you know that song on Desire by Bob Dylan that's it's about like... Um, can't remember what it's called right now, but it's about this outlaw guy that fights the law and the law wins or whatever. But anyway, I was I was thinking about this kind of idea, but updating it to a modern context and making Freddie kind of hero by in absentia in a way. I mean, he stands for a lot of Americans that have been killed by police. Yeah, like you say, it's con and the contrast of like me saying it. How do you? Uh, 
me sitting here in, in my home or just a little bit of a, a self-owned to talk about just like bike lanes or something in your community or, you know, and then switch to talking about something far more heinous, but nonetheless political. When you think of those sorts of things <laughs> in writing, do you actually think of those sort of things or do they come out? You know, are they conscious decisions when you build songs? Because some people just, it uh, spills out of them. Is that you? Yeah, I think that's how it is. I mean, I yeah, I just I down there. I'm just playing in my room, trying to uh, make something happen. You know, something that is cool and that I would want to listen to or whatever. And that's a tangent. I mean, there's all kinds. There's any kind of song you could write. It's true that the the, the uh, there has to be some uh, direction. But that doesn't just spill out, you know, you've got like, oh, I'm ready. It's like, I'm a little bit, I want to talk about this, but I don't know what's going to happen. Then you have to listen back and make sure that it, it is uh, good. <laughs> P.S. <laughs> yeah, or whatever, you know, like uh, play it to other people, see how they react. So that's how it goes. Sweet. Well, I appreciate you taking time today and I had a lot of fun. I hope you did. And yeah, man, it's yeah, fun. Good. So Good fun. talking to you. Yeah, likewise. I, I've, I've heard you many times, and I like, I, li- I like it. So nice to talk to you. Can I share one quick story with you? So yeah. the worst interview I can ever remember was me and you that I've ever done until now. <laughs> when was it? <laughs> it was at the 930 Club. It maybe was 2010. I just didn't know really how to have conversations with people very well, and I would bring, like, notes with questions and you were at the club, and you were like so disinterested, and I was just so terrible. And it was—it's always been my like, like. So, what's your worst interview? Well, it was Stephen <laughs> no. Malcolm, and it was not your fault, but you know, whatever <laughs> mood you were in, whatever pr- presentation I had, it just didn't click, you know. And that's life, and so be it. Anyway, so I'm, I was very happy to have a, a conversation. It was, I really enjoyed it and, and thrilled me. So. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry if I was a dick. You, it's you, happened before. <laughs> well, <laughs> On tour, sometimes it can be, uh, who knows what happens. Like, uh, anyway, I'm sorry. It, it, I appreciate it, it. No apologies. And it wasn't for one. I just wanted to share that with you. So. Well, I'm glad that we could uh, have some uh, healing. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I yeah, have, have you haven't. I can't remember what your DC date is. Maybe you don't know these things. I can just look it up. Mm, we're playing at Black Cat at some point. Okay. Come on down. I will. Thank you. Be well. Yep. Cheers. All right. Nice talking. Bye. Likewise. Stephen Malcolmus, his new album Sparkle Hard just came out. It's on Matador Records. I'm Bob Boylan for NPR Music. It's all songs considered.
Did you know that over 15 million people a month listen to NPR podcasts according to PodTrack's podcast metrics? Check out all our shows at npr.org slash podcasts. That's npr.org slash podcasts.